Hello, and welcome back to Climbing the Castle, your definitive Disney ranking podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. And today we're going to be discussing Oliver and Company. As always, this is your last chance to go watch the movie before we discuss it into details. Please go watch this movie. You do not want to miss it. We don't usually spoil stuff like that, but we need to tell you. This is great. Go check it out. Come back, and we'll be here to discuss it afterwards. In this animated classic based on Charles Dickens' timeless Oliver Twist, Homeless Oliver, a feisty young cat, is rescued by a pack of dogs and welcomed into their gang. With new friends Dodger, Tito, and their pals, Oliver explores New York and learns to survive in his new world. When he's adopted by a young girl, Oliver tries to balance his old friendships with his new ones. But when his young owner is kidnapped, it's up to Oliver, Dodger, Tito, and the gang to save her. And as we have already said, oh my goodness, this is an amazing movie. It's so good. It's incredible. It's underrated. It's something that not many people talk about. And I'm like, I honestly can't remember the last time I seen this, if I even did see it. Like, it didn't really stick out into my memories at all. I remember liking it as a kid. But... I'm like, but now as an adult, I appreciate. Why is no one talking and, about this movie? This is this this should have been like one of the best Disney movies of all time. It was amazing. It's got an incredible soundtrack. It's been stuck in my head all week long. Oh yeah, it's got... right as soon as we joined call with each other, just instantly. So yeah, I put on the movie so I can listen to the soundtrack, and I also just put it on YouTube to put the soundtrack on. <laughs> Like we were both just listening to the the music before we started the recording, but yeah, it's just so many great things about this movie. It's so mm-hmm. fun. It's an amazing experience. And Definitely it's like... worth a watch, or two, or five. I watched <laughs> it five times within the past two days. I've definitely put it on quite a few times as well, which yeah. normally is different than what I normally like. Just watch it like twice before we do our recordings. We, we couldn't just watch it twice. No, it's too good. All right. Well, with that, do we want to go ahead and move on to the fun facts? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. To start off, I'm going to go with one of the biggest ones I could find. It is one of the few animated films to feature a front and center shot of New York City's Twin Towers. After the tragedy of 9-11, when shots of the iconic towers were being removed from many films to avoid upsetting people, Disney opted to not attempt to edit the towers out, mostly because it would ruin the film's original main title card and because it would be too time-consuming. And by 2001, Oliver and Company had already been widely distributed on VHS, so there was no point in editing it. Uh, many New Yorkers later commended Disney not altering the film because they felt it was a good portrayal of the way New York used to be before 9-11. And they wanted it left as it was with the tower's visual. Yeah, that was honestly one of, well, I mean, it's one of the first things you see when the movie starts. But it was one of the first things I noticed. It's like, look, it's the Twin Towers. Like, you don't honestly see that too often and stuff. Mm-hmm. As, like compared to like stuff like this and it, it did really was a great visual and i'm glad that they did decide to keep it in as well yeah um 
And I agree, like, yes, it's it was a big tragedy for the US. But I mean, what's the point of taking it out? That's like just that's, trying to forget that it's that's happened. also such an iconic part of New York at that like before before that happened. So like taking mm-hmm. it out just takes away that kind of iconic history of New York. Yeah, definitely a good call to keep it in. Yeah. As of 2021, Oliver and Company remains the only film which Billy Joel has acted as a character other than himself. I was very shocked to see that he was like playing a lead character in this as well. Mm-hmm. But he did a damn good job. Oh, yeah. For like, his like only time some... to really act. Yeah. For someone that doesn't actually act primarily, he did a great job with it. Oh, yeah. I was actually watching there's like a little behind the scenes feature as like one of the extras on Disney Plus and the director basically just called Billy Joel and like he did an interview over the phone and like mm-hmm. he liked him so much during that audition on the phone that he just picked him immediately. Dom DeLuis had already had roles in several other animated films by this point, namely those by Don Bluth or uh, Don Bluth. Don Bluth. Yes. Bluth. I was right the first time. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but uh this was the only time he got the chance to voice a character in a disney film he loved the role so much he kept ad-libbing lines that ended up being included in the film he even chose to be in oliver and company over bluth's land before time which released on the same day it, it's pretty funny because i recognized his voice immediately from another don bluth movie which is a troll in central park which is like one of my favorite other animated movies. Mm-hmm. And like, I heard his voice. I'm like, that's pretty funny. But like, yeah, he's a Don Booth guy, but he still is in this Disney movie. But he was in a Disney movie. And he's done multiple other like movies with Don Booth as well, mm-hmm. which is also interesting. But he, I did love his character and he did a great job with it as well. Uh, next, I want to talk about some of the like, Easter eggs that were in the movie, starting with, you know, there's always that gimmick of there's a hidden Mickey Mouse in every movie. This one's not as hidden necessarily uh, as. Oh, Mr. Fagan. Fagan, yes, (laughs) as Fagan was uh, checking all of his watches at the time to see when uh, the young girl would show up. I keep wanting to call her Penny. It's Jenny, isn't it? Yes, it's Jenny in this one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is another fun fact i'll get into later but uh as jenny is trying to come with the ransom money he's like checking his watches and one of them's a mickey mouse watch another one is you can see four dogs from past disney movies within the scene with why should i worry that's jack trusty and peg from uh lady and the tramp and then Pongo from 101 Dalmatians also makes an appearance. There are also some other appearances that people are saying. And one, I can kind of see one's like, no, it just kind of looks like them. One is Roger looks like one of the characters walking on the streets. And I mean, I kind of see it. It's same figure I, almost. But... I saw it. It's there. It's not like the greatest detail of it, but it's there. Yeah. And then the others that people mentioned that Radigan's on a picture behind uh, Georgina. 
Georgette. as she's singing Georgette. I'm sorry, Georgette as she's singing her song, and it's just it's not Radigan. That one's not there. No, that no, one's it's record. a dog that kind of resembles Radigan, but what? no, it's not Radigan. Yeah, it's still clearly a dog. And then last one I talk about is uh, Georgia had talk, uh, tries to get Tito to do something for her, like talking all sweet because, you know, he's madly in love with her. So he, as she convinces him, he go, he starts singing, I ho, I ho, it's off to work I go. <laughs> just fun little Disney Easter eggs within this movie just throughout. And there's more that we could get into, but I don't want to waste time on that. Yeah, there was a lot of references here to other stuff and throughout it. And it was a lot of fun. And then early in the film's development, it was decided that it would be a sequel to The Rescuers. But the producers then decided that the story wasn't convincing and it started and they started from scratch. The only things left are the New York setting and a few similarities between Jenny and Penny, which is why I keep calling one keep wanting to call Jenny Penny. I mean, they were very similar, and they also do have very similar names, so like, mm-hmm. it's easy to get them mixed up. But Which, of course, the Rescuers did eventually come out with a sequel anyways. Yes. Here in a couple movies. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was still kind of cool. Like, once I read that, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I do see the similarities. It It does stick out a little bit, but it also they did a great job of making this movie its own and breaking away from that sequel like uh-huh. supposed sequel as well so there were a few other celebrities they were originally wanted for parts uh starting with patrick stewart was considered to voice francis but uh patrick stewart was too busy being captain jean-luc picard in star trek the next generation of course they wanted marlon brando as sykes the main bad guy but brando turned them down because they thought he thought the movie would be a flop which watching it no it was not a flop and then just whitney houston was considered for the role of rita the like main female dog interesting oh yeah it's interesting that they would to consider her for brita instead of georgette as well like i feel like it would have been better suited for Georgette instead of Rita. Uh, I don't know. I could have seen her being Rita. Yeah. I mean, it would work either way, but it's still interesting to think about. Uh, early in drafts of the story, the opening was going to show Oliver's parents and siblings being killed by Sykes dogs, Roscoe and DeSoto. Oliver's motive to join Dodger's gang was to was then going to be to avenge his family. This plot thread was later abandoned for being too dark, which I highly agree. I mean, I do agree that it is too dark, but I also think that it would have helped with this story a bit. No, because, because... then the story would just be Batman. Yeah, it just be Batman. Love Batman. <laughs> uh, no but i did i did seriously have like a couple of issues with this story and i did think that would have been one of the major ways they could have gotten around it as well yeah uh one last one and then i'll be done okay um 
so the name tag that Oliver has, it'll show, you know, 1125 Fifth Avenue. That's the address of the little girl in Alden. Yes. So not only was that Georgette's address, that was the address of the Georgette's voice actress, Bette Mittler's. Yeah. So this was very interesting because it's funny because I, I found this out when I was watching the movies a second time. I was I was saw the name tag that because it's on Oliver's tag. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm like that seems like a very specific address for them to be putting in instead of just like random numbers and like a random street. So I like I just kind of like looked it up and then it brought me to that fact, and I'm like that makes a lot more sense and that's pretty interesting that they would have like released that information in a movie at that time. Well, I think back then people were not as crazy as now, <laughs> where no actors would want to put their address. <laughs> in the movie at all that's fair i mean it's also not like people could have looked that up as easily now and found out that it was bet medler's address yeah but uh that's all i have for fun facts it's a lot of a lot of good ones there a lot of good ones i know (laughs) i went on for a bit there but i feel like some of those had to be mentioned i mean that's just going to be the constant theme of this episode is going on for a bit too long because there's just so much to talk about here i mean i can throw in one more short one if you want (laughs) (laughs) the uh license plate on sykes car says doberman is that a fun fact is it (laughs) it's fun for me he really likes dobermans he's a dog guy it is pretty fun but (laughs) okay but moving on to the scores yes, now we'll, we'll do our best to keep this episode moving it's probably going to be a really long episode but there's is a great movie and it deserves recognition we were both really excited to talk about it we were so yeah let's get into our story scores uh, for story i have an 86 i have an 82 okay so famous four point difference right there yeah. right away <laughs> but i mean very solid movie but it does have some flaws in it yeah originally i had my stories or around where you had it and then the more i thought about it the more i'm like it's a bit too jumbled and it could have been put together a little bit better and i'm like i can't uh, like i want to score it high but there's just a bit too many issues with it yeah like Main the main issue I had was that the story paths were just changing constantly. Like uh-huh. it starts off with the story of Oliver, and then it jumps into the story of Mister Fagan, and then it jumps over to the story of Jenny, and then it goes back to the story of Oliver again. Uh-huh. And it just wasn't a clear path of where they were going with the story. It also was kind of the same thing with the villain as well. Sykes is apparently the main villain of this movie but he doesn't become the main villain of the movie until he really kidnaps jenny yeah i mean at least he's still present he is present but at that point he's the villain for mr fagan who we aren't considering the main character of the story so it's like i just feel like they had an issue of holding on to where who we're supposed to be following as the main character of the story or who was supposed to be what story we're supposed to be following yeah and then with the villain thing i was thinking the two dobermans would have been the villains or something and you know, i mean sykes would just you know be there as a mean guy but again this is where that 
other the fun fact story would have made things work a lot better because it would have added that concrete story that was like as to the dogs being the main villains or psych being the main villain and why there's a pet to get to Sykes. Of course they deleted it or changed it. But it was still a dark ending where Sykes is getting crushed by a train. He does get demolished by that train, which was pretty pretty like there was there was no survival for him. No. I don't care how cushiony you are. I mean, I also don't understand how they escaped that train because there was no way they should have gotten off of those tracks the way that they did. (laughs) They did, though. Like, that was one of the other kind of issues that I had. It's like, there was no way they should have been able to jump off the tracks like that. And, like, even if they did jump off the tracks like that, the way they were riding up the the bridge like that <laughs> that's also... not how gravity works someone call isaac newton i mean that is also one of my story notes is this was one of the most unbelievable stories that we've seen so far um it is a cartoon i understand that and i'm not i'm not taking that into my effect of the story itself because like if that was the case then half of the stories we've seen so far would just get a zero because you can't talk to animals so like exactly <laughs> so that's not coming into my effect but there's a few things that are kind of hard to overlook yeah but i mean it's still a solid story overall but yes overall it is a really great story i i really enjoyed it uh could have been tweaked a little bit to be better but yeah still a lot of great things about it like they, they did a great job of getting you to feel bad for oliver in the beginning beginning of the story Mm-hmm. when he's not being adopted you can kind of see even with georgette you can see like a change of character yeah it's that character development they did a lot of great character development in this mm-hmm. especially with mr fagan oh yeah they did a great job of mr fagan's character of showing who he was and like the predicament he was in and how it made him the character that he was that's a discussion that can fall into all the categories pretty much well not all the characters but the story cat- stories and character and stuff like that but there was just so many great things in this movie that led to where we were as mm-hmm. a story i mean i love dodger's retelling of how this the, the hot dog was stolen when he <laughs> makes up the whole story of the big scary feline and then oliver drops in <laughs> and it's just some adorable little kin it was hilarious <laughs> then you can see like mr fagan's relationship with the dogs he really cared about oh, the yeah. dogs and they really cared for him when he was reading the stories to them at, at bedtime you can see how happy they were to have him around happy how happy he was to reading the stories to them and then he turns into the bad guy for like a very little bit yeah, it was very confusing to like when that happened. I'm like, oh, I wanted to root for him. You wanted to be good. And yeah, but he desperately moment. needed the money. So he was like, oh, you di- I didn't steal you, but I can still keep you hostage. Yeah. And that just goes to show like his character was in a real bind and he really had no other options and he didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job of showing that off 
when he at the end of the movie when he was explaining to Jenny and like pleading his case as to why he did it, he really didn't have an excuse for it and he knew it was bad. Yeah. That scene itself was such a touching moment too. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie we see him, you know, bonding with, with the butler and mm-hmm. her and all the dogs are together and it's all sweet. Yeah. On a side note, I would love honestly a show of him just reading stories to us because he did an incredible <laughs> job of reading that story maybe like another like disney bundle of him just <laughs> reading stories to like, us wasn't it so peaceful and nice when he was it reading was that pretty story? nice <laughs> i want to know how the rest of the story went like just give me a, a series give us of an audio reading book. St- stories <laughs> then we had uh georgette song which was very reminiscent of cinderella Mm-hmm. with the animals showing up and like dressing her and getting ready and joining in yeah that's another one of those disney references that i just didn't add in there because there are so many there are a lot of easter you eggs probably didn't even references. catch them all and i'm sure there are quite a few that we missed honestly but as it- i watched this last night with one of my friends she was the one to go so yeah this is very reminiscent of cinderella you know, I, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't notice it the first time that I was watching it, and then when I was taking my notes for this, just before this episode, like the recording, I was like, eh, it looks very familiar now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, which that was another fun song. It was a great song. All the songs in this movie were so great. And which have... that's another thing about you know being confused on who the villain was, because I was also thinking. Oh, Georgette's going to become a villain now also. That's what they made it seem like. It's like, nah, she's just a very mean dog who (laughs) turns nice. Yeah, she had a change of heart eventually, Mm -hmm. which was nice. They also did a great job of, like, incorporating the songs into the story as well. Oh, yeah. Like, they used the songs to set up everything that was happening, and it really did a great job of telling the story as well. Like what they've done in several different Disney movies where one of the songs was just one of the characters practicing piano or something. Mm-hmm. And that was a really good song, too. Oh, that's a great song. Uh, speaking of that song, is it wrong that I wanted Oliver to just stay with Jenny and like the movie to end at that point after that song? Oh, that would have been sweet. Like I would have been happy if it was just a short little mo- like little movie short and it just ends with him with- and Jenny right there I didn't need anything else there well I needed to hear why should I worry one last time <laughs> at the end of the movie but I mean that whole little montage of them together was just so sweet and I felt bad for like Oliver getting taken back by the other animals I'm like, oh. but at the same time it's like oh it just ends there he never sees the other animals ever again. <laughs> I mean, the rest of the movie was still great. So it's not like yeah. it was it was unnecessary stuff added on there. I'm just saying I wouldn't have been mad if they would have just ended it on that little happy note right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jenny did make a massive mess for that one little food bowl that she made, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't like, understand oh, this how looks she... like It's a nice, neat house. They have a butler. And then we go to the kitchen and everything is everywhere. 
I don't understand how she destroyed that kitchen so much just for like a bowl of cereal is what it seemed like she was making. Yeah, with a lot of chocolate for a cat. Yeah, that would have killed the cat if that really happened. So, but welcome to the animated life. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, my notes are all jumbled here. <laughs> I have oh. so much written down here that I'm like, I'm trying not to jump around to such a random spot in the movie. Where it makes no sense, but like I do have to progress here. I have a question about later on in the movie when Mr. Fagans was telling him that he had the cat and he was going to make the money later on in the night with Ransom. Why did Sykes just set the dogs on Dodger immediately instead of Mr. Fagans? No, he set the dogs on Fagans. no, he sent. They all started just attacking Dodger immediately. No, 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 no. They attacked Fagin. Uh, and then Dodger jumped in. It just looked like they just went him. straight after Dodger. And no, they were no, just no. fighting with Dodger the entire time. And I'm like, that seems kind of weird. No, they attacked Fagin and then Dodger jumped in to protect him. And then that's when they started fighting Dodger instead. Because okay. I'm like, that's kind of just kind of odd that he's going after Fagin. Like, oh, let me just kill your dog instead. I mean, but, that's what a typical bad person would do. Like, I mean, yeah, still don't have my money. Boom, dog's dead. <laughs> no. Winston did a terrible job of watching Jenny, that she was able to walk out and uh-huh. go to that ransom meetup, though. Mm-hmm. She either just snuck out of the house or or he let her go willingly. Like, oh, we but, need the we need the cat here. <laughs> I'll send this little girl on her own. Does he not pay attention to what's going on? That she yeah. was able to sneak out in the middle of the night to to bring a piggy bank to a bum down by the pier. Yeah, I also think that that chase scene was a little bit too much when Sykes was chasing them down the subway, mm-hmm. and he drives down the subway station in the car, and then his wheels just burn out and attack yeah. a tread attached to the the subway line that that seems a little unlikely right there even for a cartoon it's like okay that's not how that works let's go (laughs) it did get a little bit out of hand there yeah but i mean that was still a fun scene it was the whole rescue scene was it was entertaining and it was fun as as far-fetched as it was also oliver flying through the window in a helmet <laughs> was just questionable as well <laughs> yeah I'm like Which, oh i didn't even see that the first time when i watched the movie i'm like i didn't even notice that and then the second time i'm like they just launched him through a window in a helmet and he stayed in intact and, <laughs> and the window with no issues. when he landed he kept going smoothly <laughs> for someone without that kind of training that's pretty outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, a lot of a lot of fun stuff, a lot of great things that carry mm-hmm. over into all of our other categories. So I guess we can keep it moving now. Yeah. For characters, I have a 93. I have a 94. Which is the highest character score I've given so far. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the highest character score I've given. I think that might be your highest score you've ever given so far, honestly. 
Yeah, that could be true. I don't I don't think you've been like this high up with me before. I mean, I've been in the 90s before. Yeah, a lot of great characters here. So much to love and so much growth and so much like the, the characters played such an integral part in this movie. Mm-hmm. You have Oliver, who's just such a lovable little cat, and you're already rooting for him immediately after the first oh, opening yeah. scene. Like, as soon as you see him in the box, it's like, oh, there's one orange cat. Okay, that has to be him. And all the other kittens are picked. Also, another side note from the story that I just remember, like, who leaves a box of kittens out overnight? Oh, yeah, that's an, I mean, maybe that was a common thing. I mean, it is New York City. I can definitely see that happening. But, like, come on, that's just rude. (laughs) Like, don't leave a cat out in a box overnight unattended in the pouring rain and... Well, it wasn't raining until he was the last cat. Yeah, but it was still terrible. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Oliver, an amazing character, even though his name's not Oliver until, like, 30, 30 <laughs> mo- minutes into the movie. That's true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't have a name in the beginning of the movie when he met with all the, the other dogs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly his name's Oliver. Like, okay. What amazing character. Great, like, innocent little kitty learning to become, like, a street dog. Yep. He meets up with Dodger immediately. Mm-hmm. And Dodger is just a cool character. Again, played by Billy Joel. Yes. Who did an amazing job. At oh, yeah. Playing him. They meet up and they steal a hot dog together from mm-hmm. a typical New York hot dog vendor. Then Oliver chases them back to their hideout where we meet the rest of the dog gang. Francis, the bulldog, who's highly intelligent. Highly intelligent and very sophisticated. Yes. Who's also being bothered constantly by Tito the Chihuahua, who's calling him Frankie. More if they seem like best buds. Yeah, but he does seem like he gets tired of his crap every once in a while. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because especially with the whole calling him Frank or Frankie. Yeah. But Tito was absolutely hilarious. Oh, yeah. One of the best side characters. Everything that came out of Tito's mouth was just hilarious. Well, that's because you have Cheech playing Tito. Who's <laughs> yeah. just unbelievably funny. Yes. And you have Einstein, which was... I'm not really sure what kind of dog that was exactly. The larger gray one. Greyhound? I don't know. I get. I don't know. They didn't really show him off too much. He only he didn't play a major part in the movie compared to the he other. He more dogs. played like another small comic relief character. Yeah. And in a movie that didn't necessarily need comic relief, but we're glad they had it. <laughs> there was a lot of great comedic stuff in this movie. But uh he was more of that like tall, that big dopey character. Mm-hmm. And... You know, nice and lovable. Yes. And you had Rita as well. She was like, I guess, supposed to be some like mega hottie for dogs. She was also seemed to be like the the binding factor between all the other dogs as well, mm-hmm. keeping them cool and keeping them from fighting. Almost like and, the mother. Yeah. Which, again, she didn't add too much to the group as well, besides no. her, her song, which was also wonderful. But just, I don't know, they didn't really focus on her as much. Mm-hmm. As well. 
still not not a bad character either. Oh yeah, no, not at all. And then Mr. Fagan, who is an incredible character. Honestly, mm. one of my favorite characters in all of like the movies we've seen so far. Yeah, so we've already talked about him a little bit, but again, he's just this desperate character. Yeah. He's desperate for getting money to pay off something. It was either like a bet or a loan or something. I'm gonna say it was like a bet. That's based what it off seemed the like at the movie. That's what it seemed like to me. I'm gonna say it was because of based off the end of the movie where he made a bet with <laughs> what the but- butler with uh yeah the butler over that wrestling match yes yeah that's to put him in a tough predicament and he was owing money to sykes and he was really just down on his last leg he had oh well, when sykes came the first time was like where's the money i don't yeah. i gave you this money and i don't see it anymore mm-hmm. so it had to have been a loan yeah well, I mean, it could have been paying him back for the bet as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we don't know that. They didn't explain that enough. And that could have been explained a little bit better. But either way, we we still understood what was happening and why Sykes was after him. And mm-hmm. you can see that he's down on his last leg. He's really desperate for any kind of way to make money, which is why he was willing to to make that plea for the ransom money from Jenny. And then you have that really touching moment where he's, you can see that he didn't really mean to, to do that kind of thing to Jenny. And yeah, he just thought he was going to get some money quick. Now Jenny was also just another sweet, adorable little girl mm-hmm. that we see. Again, like, a lot of similarities to Penny. Mm-hmm. Also very similar to the other little girl that we just saw recently too. Who was it? From, From the Great Mouse Detective. Great Mouse Detective, um, yes. Olivia. Olivia. I, there was, I saw a couple of similarities with their characters as well. Mm-hmm. But just a sweet, innocent little girl that's doing their best to protect the people that they love. In this case, it was Oliver. Mm-hmm. Then you have Georgette, who is the rich dog. Mm-hmm. Who uh, won many dog competitions and just thought she was better than Lots of own. animals were swooning over, even <laughs> birds. That's true. <laughs> But we also get some character growth in her as well, because originally she was detesting Tito, and then eventually she comes around and tries to yeah. change him, and she's also help, willing to help get Oliver back at the end of the movie, when originally she... Well, originally she it. was dragged there. Originally she was dragged there, but by the end of the, the movie she was helping and, and willing to cooperate with them at least. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, uh, butler, Winston? Yes. That's a caretaker. He wasn't all that great. <laughs> no, I mean, he did not notice Jenny leaving in the middle of the night. But And then he let Jenny, like, make the calls anyways. Like, oh, we're taking this cat home. Your parents <laughs> don't like it. We're taking this cat home. Okay. I mean, it's all safe, safe to say that he seems to be the, the primary care giver of Jenny being that mm-hmm. it seemed like her parents weren't really around too often. Yeah. So like you can kind of see that he's like upset that he's stuck taking care of all the time as well. And he's just kind of like done with it. At he's kind of burnt out. Yeah. What character have we talked about Sykes yet? Sykes. Bear, we kind of scratched the surface on him a little bit, but not yeah. really, didn't really dug into him. 
but yeah, he's that like typical. I don't know. I'd say he's like a mafia mob he member. Was definitely a mafia mobster type character. Mm-hmm. Because they had that spot where he was talking about doing typical mobster stuff like cutting people's fingers off or and he's like yeah don't kill the person just (laughs) it's like okay (laughs) which it probably includes you know as in why uh finnegan owes him money yeah but he did a great job as a villain here i wish we would have again this ties into the story as well i wish they would have just connected things a little bit better with him Mm-hmm. Where like show show him being like the one to really be taking the kitty hostage. Yeah, but he played his part well, and he did a great job of creating an opposing force, mm-hmm. and also pushing Mister Fagan to do the things that he was having to do to to be into that position as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, we have the two Dobermans, Roscoe and Desoto. Well, yeah, Roscoe and DeSoto, which I didn't realize it was DeSoto. I thought it was Risotto. That's what I thought they were saying in the movie as well. I thought it was Risotto. Apparently, I just really like food, so I thought they said Risotto. I definitely heard Risotto as well, but I'm looking at the cast list right now, and it says DeSoto. This is (laughs) DeSoto. But they were also... I read somewhere that those were probably... They were probably named after some... uh, streets that were near Walt Disney Studios. Uh so I mean that was kind of cool. It's interesting. I didn't throw it into the fun facts just because I guess I forgot to put it in there. <laughs> That's fair. It happens sometimes. But they were your typical bad guy dogs. Like mm-hmm. they were definitely the like villain henchmen of the movie that yeah. all Disney movies have they were a lot tougher than all the other henchmen yeah they were more competent like they honestly seemed more menacing than sykes himself honestly (laughs) like at some point oh yeah because sykes doesn't have actual fangs or claws (laughs) he would just send them to do all of his dirty work for him i do think it was interesting that oliver was the one to step up to them in that spot where they were fighting as well Mm mm-hmm when Oliver scratched him on the nose. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, you go, little kitty. Like, <laughs> nope, they're both going after him. Like, no, 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 no. And then the, all the dogs join in and go, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun, lovable characters here mm-hmm. that really make you fall in love with the, the whole story of this movie. Definitely. Uh, moving on to visuals. What do you have for your visuals? my visuals i have an 84 i have an 80 for my visuals four point difference again of course (laughs) i do think the visuals could have used a bit of work here they're not the finest they're nothing too spectacular but but there were a few scenes that were spectacular themselves i mean i also do think that the way the visuals were done here also fit with this movie as well because it's set in New York City and like it's New York City itself is a bit rough around the edges. And I really feel like they kind of captured that with the visuals here. Oh, yeah. So, uh, especially the visuals at the very beginning. Yeah. Where honestly, it almost didn't like 
the visuals at the beginning were different from like later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like all the people, they looked. It looked like it was an actual Disney movie. This was it, definitely a different style. It it almost seemed more like like a TV series cartoon style animation, mm-hmm. which is like what it looked like to me compared to like an, a movie that we like how we would normally see the movie animations. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it though. It was great. Uh, there was some issues, yes, but yeah. at the same time, it's also. I do feel like it really captured like the whole essence of New York as well. Especially, and I'm glad like, they didn't keep, you know, that I'm glad they didn't keep that style at, that they used in the beginning throughout the movie. Yeah. But it was very nice to see something a little different right then and there. Yeah. I mean, I might have a little bit of a bias being from New York, but like, mm-hmm. I do really like love the way that they captured the city itself. And like, mm-hmm. Especially there was that spot where went was the, the female dog song. Uh what yeah. What are you talking about Georgette or are you talking about No, the other one that was with the gang. We just said her name like several times. Rita. Rita. During Rita's song, they did like a, a whole bunch of like different shots of the city and like everything that was going on. And like mm-hmm. there was a lot of cool stuff that like really showed off new york and i'm like this is new york in its heart my favorite visual was that hot dog stand (laughs) and not gonna lie the hot dog stand worker had a dumpy i mean that booty was waving in our face (laughs) at the beginning of the movie it was it was quite a quite a big one thick uh some of the the CGI was kind of noticeable in this movie. Oh, yeah. Especially that, that shot of the car when they're like showing the car. Showing off a uh, Sykes car, yeah. Sykes car. And then whenever uh, Georgette's at the end of her song, she's wa- walking down the stairs. Yeah. And that's spinning around her. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that, like, it didn't really ruin the movie as well, though. Not at all. Some of it added to it. It did added feel... that nice little bit of flavor. It did. Some of it did feel a little bit out of place. At times, though, yeah, but also it worked. My favorite shot in the movie, though, was when Jenny was playing the piano, and they had like that three sixty pan shot that like went mm-hmm. around the camera and then pulled out of the window, and like zoomed all the way out of the building, and then it went into like that beautiful montage of Jenny and Oliver spending time together, walking through the park and doing all eating ice cream together and all kinds of stuff like that yeah and then my my favorite scene visually was definitely sykes car being shown off that was like that was really cool that what they did there it was pretty unique i i enjoyed it as well but yeah definitely not the greatest visuals that we've seen but it also really works in this situation so it was kind of hard to to score this one because, like, if we wanted to, we probably could have bumped this score up a lot higher. I but... had it at the '90s originally, and then I started thinking, like, no, if there were some flaws. And <laughs> see, I originally had mine in the movies. '70s as well, but that's the issue with these kind of scores: is trying to like incorporate the good and the bad, and trying to separate from where it actually 
deserves mm-hmm. to be. I guess let's move on to atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a 96 for my atmosphere. I also have a 96. This is my highest score that I've ever given. Same. And Oh, my goodness. The soundtrack to this movie. We have not stopped talking about it this whole time. It's so episode. good. <laughs> it's so good. Like That was the first thing we said to each other about this movie. Yeah. We just messaged each other. I'm like, this soundtrack is incredible. I can't stop listening to this music. It's not leaving my head. It's so different than all of the other movies as well. It's so catchy. It's like whenever I talk to people about this movie, their, their instant reaction is why should i worry <laughs> me and you have just been singing that back and forth all oh yeah day long. but that's it's not so the only no, amazing song in it's this not movie. every, every song. song was absolutely wonderful this is kind of the first time that we have a modern feeling to the soundtrack in any of the movies mm-hmm. even back in the 60s and 70s they were still kind of going for a more dated sound to their their songs yeah well and it wasn't this really... is one of the few movies that's set in the present day of its release yes they said it was like the fourth movie where it actually mm-hmm. happened this the rescuers 101 dalmatians and i can't remember the other one yeah but i think maybe lady and the tramp all of the other movies they went for more of a classic style with their with their soundtracks and even like mm-hmm. in the future well no i guess a lot of the 90s has like typical 90s pop type music but yeah this was the first modern soundtrack that we got and it all fit so well with the the tone of this movie it's just that new york style jazz which is much different than just typical jazz that new york style jazz that opening song was just such a great job of just setting the tone for Mm -hmm. this movie and setting up the story Especially with the, like the way the lyrics blend in with the song itself, like they were talking about the water and the rain, and you can see that happening with Oliver, Oliver in his box, in his box. Which that song was the first time that we have Howard Ashman writing lyrics for a Disney movie, and then he writes amazing songs after that. We'll see him in Lady Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. Mm-hmm. But he does an incredible job. He was brought in by like one of the the CEO's Katzenberg, but he did such a great job with the song. And this was the first time that I listened to the movie with headphones on because normally I'll just listen with my speakers because I don't want to deal with like my headphones. Mm-hmm. But I just enjoyed the soundtrack so much. That I was like, I want to have like a full, like bliss blasted in my ears and listen to yeah. it. And I, I do feel like I've been missing out on, I might've been missing out on some things in previous movies by doing this though. Because in the beginning of the movie, they did a great job with the like the New York City soundscape. Like you mm-hmm. hear the people talking and like all this other the sounds of New York, and it sounded exactly like if you were in New York. And then with that song, I and I appreciated that instead of the typical Disney sound they do with the castle, do 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 kind of thing. Yeah, that's a jumped right into that song instead. yeah it's just instantly that song and again but, a fantastic song just to be followed by an even better song of why should, why I, should worry? I worry so catchy <laughs> like that is the song that everyone dances to in this movie it's billy joel billy joel is such an iconic singer especially for like mm-hmm. me i'm from new york 
so he's like one of the biggest deals around here yeah yeah of and course like, he says he does such a good song a job good job with this song and his his role as dodger dodger yes everything blends so well with that song that song that tito is listening to on the radio and dancing i'm pretty sure uh-huh. it's not a real song but like as a new yorker i feel like i've definitely heard that playing in people's cars and people dancing to it and stuff yeah like that weird like it's not even like lyrics it's just like beeping noises that someone's making <laughs> mm-hmm. and like the typical spanish dance music I'm like i've definitely heard this at some point in my life <laughs> oh yeah of course and then a uh, rita's song is another good one about how how to live off the streets pretty much mm-hmm. and that again that one was incredible with the visuals that they put in showing off new york as well like i said mm-hmm. you had georgette's big big number broadway type number oh yeah of course if you have new york you have to have that broadway number in this song they had bet midler doing that as well which was perfect for that spot. oh yeah this this movie featured two voice actors who were really singers and don't really yeah. voice act much this was honestly like was this the biggest all-star cast in any disney movie like ever so far definitely I, it's kind of hard to speak on like the older movies because we don't know how big of like stars those people were back then. Because we know in the 50s movies and 60 movies, they did have like a couple big stars in their movies. But it wasn't never the entire cast filled with stars. Yeah. And then even and, then, they were wanting the entire cast to be these big stars like Whitney Houston, Patrick yeah. Stewart, Marlon Brando. But These here, big names that we know. Yeah, this whole cast is just filled with big names. And it's incredible that they, they got all these people work, to work on this movie together. And they all did such an incredible it's, job with it. Oh, yeah. The voice acting of this movie was just fantastic. It was unbelievable. It was so good, especially for people that you don't expect to be doing that kind of like Billy Joel is not a tra- traditionally yeah, a voice this, actor. Like, this was Bette a lot Midler. of first for a lot of people. Like, Billy Joel, Bette Midler, uh, Cheech, who was Tito. This was his first animated movie. Yeah, and he knocked it out of the park. He was, was hilarious. Incredible. Uh, all the, the voice work was great. All the music work was great. All the songs. The, all the, the songs were great. The orchestration is one of the things that really took this over to the next level for me. Oh, yeah. Because Which, this is just pretty much every Disney movie at this well, point yes. where the, the orchestration is fantastic. But their this orchestration one, has always been incredible. This one is fantastic. What they what they really did a great job was transitioning the songs that they were just singing into orchestrations like right after that and having mm-hmm. it tie into the scene that was going on. They had the the New York song orchestrated like in the background when Dodgers meeting Oliver, then you had yeah. later on, you had the Penny's, not Penny's, I see now I'm saying Penny, it's Jenny's Jenny. song, where was it? Uh, you and Me Forever. They had orchestrations of that going on during a scene with Mr. Finnegan later on when he was mm-hmm. trying to figure out what he was doing with his life and why he wound up in that spot. 
and they just made these incredible orchestrations of all the incredible songs that we've heard throughout the movie and made it fit so well with this movie. It's that it's brilliant. It was absolutely incredible. I was kind of hoping that they would draw an uptown girl for Georgette. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have fit so perfectly. Uptown girl. <laughs> like tell me that wouldn't have fit with Georgette perfectly at the end with and then of course they had to bring a disney classic song back in like hi ho (laughs) yeah they did mention hi ho (laughs) just an incredible score an incredible soundtrack incredible act like voice acting and it all honestly just keep going about this it all did such a great job of tying everything together in the movie as well Mm mm-hmm Let's move on, I guess, to entertainment then. All right. For entertainment, I have a 96. I have a 90 for my entertainment. I really, I was so close to just going, forget it. We're doing 100. <laughs> I, I'm in love with this movie. This it was fantastic. an incredible movie. Very entertaining. Very funny. Very lovable. Just everything about it was great. This movie also made me realize that I've been being way too generous with my other scores and all of my other yeah. movies. I think I've been a little too generous as well. There's been so many times where I'm looking at my scores in this movie and comparing it to my other scores. I'm like, I wanted to score this movie so much higher than what I have it, but because of what I scored my other movies, I can't. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I really screwed up the rest of my scores, I feel like, because I'm like, this is where this deserves to be. Like my entertainment is set as an at a 90, but honestly, I could have brought that higher. But none of my other movies are that scored that high. Yeah, no. And at the same time, there's other movies that I did enjoy, like very close to as much as like I I like this movie. So it's like, man, either I was scoring too low or too high. And it's just really made me take a, a good good look at all my other scores. But this oh, this movie was great. There's so this, much to love about it. This Everything is my favorite movie that we've watched so far. Like, this was my most enjoyable movie yes. that we have watched so far. Uh, so let's bring it all together and give us our overall scores. All right. I have an 88.2 as my overall score. And I have a 91.2. So four point difference. Yeah. Well, no, not a four point no. difference. It's a three point difference. That's three. But, but oh my gosh, this movie is just fantastic. This is our both both of our new number one movies as well. Mm-hmm. We did discuss our number ones last week and we made a big jumbled mess of all our scores. <laughs> oh yeah. We kept naming all the wrong scores and the wrong movies. It's fine, don't worry about it. We know what we're talking about sometimes, okay? (laughs) That just wasn't one of those times. Yeah. But, yes, this jumps into number one for both of us again. It's so good. Very well-deserved. I do not regret scoring any of my scores as high as I did. (laughs) I regret not being able to score some of my scores as high as I did because of my other previous scores. (laughs) Another great movie in our lineup oh like, yeah we just we really just need the rescuers sequel to knock it out of the park and we know that we're set for and the we next. know we're set for the rest of at least this season of the podcast until 
Well, until we hit to the 2000s. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we have it's we have this big chain of all of the all of the 90s movies that we know are absolutely incredible. And then and I then, remember the 2000s movies, but at the same time I don't remember watching them. I know I've seen some of them. I've missed I know a lot I've of them. I've seen them, but I don't remember a thing. <laughs> and then Except we'll just have to get through stitch. those. And then we'll get back to modern Disney, which we know is great again. Oh yeah. So we're all just we're just banking on the rescuer sequel right now. Please be good. If and, and if it's anything like the first rescuers, then we're set. Yeah. Like as long it's as they can re- sailing from there. As long as they can capture the rescuers the same way they did in the well, sequel. Maybe there's a reason there's no rescuers three. Well, I mean, there's not very many there. Disney movies that got what? a third sequel though, so. Let's well, just... yeah, Disney, Disney, no, there's none. <laughs> no, there's one. Not well, until, well, not until we get into Pixar. Aladdin has three sequels. <sighs> but were either of the sequels really good? Aladdin had some of the better sequels. Of the... You'll know whenever we talk about them. <laughs> That's straight to DV, straight to VHS. We're not worrying about that right now. Rescuers is one of the few sequels that we're going to be talking about in the movie. Mm. Um, like in this season because it was one of the few sequels that had a, a theatrical release but that's two weeks from now we have we we have next week we have the little mermaid Which, a big movie wonderful i know if we don't score this well we are going to probably <laughs> be attacked most likely i mean it's a lovable movie but does it hold up on the scoring standard it's we don't be. accept bribes for giving your movies great <laughs> scores, but we'll accept threats. We will uh, definitely change it then. <laughs> but please don't do that. No, don't drain this. Uh, yeah, we're very excited to be heading into The Little Mermaid and this whole next set of movies that we have coming. Mm-hmm. Just as these previous movies, we've had a blast. And it's taken us by much surprise that we're, and we're loving it. Mm. So... We'll see you next week for The Little Mermaid. And until next time, may all your dreams come true. Bye.